Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Self-Taught Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Christine, and today we are diving into a topic that can save you a lot of money on your art supplies, and that is how to choose more affordable colors when upgrading your artist-grade paints. First, I just want to say happy December. How is it already December? I don't know where this year went, but it has flown by, especially the last quarter. I've been so incredibly busy, but good busy. So I'm not complaining. I just, you know, it's keeping me on my toes, but I'm glad to be here recording this episode so I can put it out for all of you because I have been loving all of the reviews recently and notes, and I've been seeing everybody tag me on their Spotify wrapped, showing that I'm one of your top podcasts for the year, and I am just loving it. Um, I should share some of my wrapped statistics in a future episode, so when I have more time, let me pull that up and share them with you, because this has been such a big year for the Self-Taught Artist Podcast, and just want to thank all of you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. So if you're enjoying the podcast, as always, leave me a rating on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, hit those five stars, write me a note on Apple Podcasts, and I'd love to feature it on a future episode of the podcast. Um, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button. That tells the algorithm, yes, this is a good podcast. I want to hear more of this and other people like me should hear it too. So thank you so much. All right, let's get into the show. If you are like me, you have probably been tempted every time you go to the art supply store by those beautiful, vibrant colors that come in the high-end artist-grade paint tubes. But before you splurge on your next set of paints, I want to talk about a smarter way to do it. I also think this is a good reminder for everyone out there to reevaluate their palette, reevaluate those colors that you're using. And, you know, if it's the holiday season and you're gifted a gift card to, you know, your favorite art supply store and you find yourself trying to figure out how to stretch your budget, but you want those high end artist grade paints, well, today we're talking about how to choose affordable colors. One of the key factors that impact the cost of artist grade paints is the series number or the letter assigned to each color. And that is the shortcut that I use when I'm in the store, when I'm online, when I fall in love with a color, that's the first thing that I'm gonna look at. So the series number represents how expensive the pigment is and consequently how costly the paint will be. Manufacturers or brands often group similarly priced colors into series. So each series contains a range of colors that are offered at the same price. As a general rule of thumb, as the series numbers or letters increase within a brand, so does the price. So if you're looking at golden paint series one, that's gonna be your cheapest. If you're looking at 
Daniel Smith, same thing. Series one is going to be the cheapest. Series five is going to be the most expensive. Um, so if you're looking to save money without compromising on quality, keep an eye on those series numbers or letters. It's essential to highlight that the principles we're discussing today apply across the board. So whether you are a watercolor artist, an acrylic painter, or an oil painter, the idea of shopping smarter and choosing more affordable colors, that applies to everyone. Um, and doing so without compromising quality, that holds true for artists in every single medium out there. So whether you prefer the transparency of watercolors, the versatility of acrylics, or the richness of oil paints, understanding series numbers or letters, just simply paying attention to them can be a benefit. So regardless of your chosen medium, Remember that a little research and thoughtful selection of your paint colors can go a long way in making your art journey not, not just more enjoyable, but also more budget friendly. Because um, you all know, I love Golden Paint. I love Daniel Smith. They're my favorites, but ooh, they are the most expensive. So when planning what colors to buy, you'd be remiss not to pay close attention to the series number um, and it can be really helpful to you in your budgeting. And I thought about this theme for the episode because I was just buying some watercolors for my mother-in-law for Christmas. I really hope she's not listening right now, but I knew the budget limit that I had. And in order to get her the most tubes of paint as possible, you know, one, so the gift looks good, and two, so she has more paints to enjoy, because that's what I would want. I would want more paints so that I could enjoy more colors on my palette. Um, so in order to get the most tubes of paint, the first thing I did once I had a short list of colors in mind was I looked up each of their series numbers and I wrote it down next to my swatches that I'd made. I ended up buying a majority of series one paints since those are the cheapest, but then I splurged on one series two and one series three that I just adore um, to round out the mini collection of paints that my husband and I sent her for Christmas. The thing is there are often multiple different colors that you can buy to achieve a similar effect. So that's why I bring that up. Okay, so let's take an example. For me, yellow is an extremely versatile color and I use it a lot. Obviously it's a primary, um, but the thing is I am not particularly picky about my yellow because for me, you know, I'm mixing it. If I can manipulate it and get what I want out of it, pretty much any yellow will do. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different yellows out there. And for me personally, I just, I don't know. It's, I can tell the difference, but it's not such a big difference in terms of what I can mix and what I can do with a yellow. Um, so for me, that's a color that is just not worth spending a ton of money on. Um, is what I've realized as I've done more and more art. I mean, also I'll say yellow is not a favorite color of mine. So that also may impact it. Um, 
but also, you know, it's not like I paint a lot of yellow things. I guess yellow flowers, of course, you know, a sun, but I typically don't paint the sun in my paintings. Um, normally it's mixed in something. Um, so, you know, as long as it's not an extremely cool yellow or an extremely opaque cadmium yellow that, you know, doesn't, doesn't hold up it and I don't know, I can usually paint and mix with it just fine. Or, you know, and I think what I mean is like really transparent yellow. Like if it's really transparent, then I don't know, you, you can do a little less with it. And sometimes with yellows, transparency is the issue. So I don't know, but you know what, for me, it's just not going to be an area where I'm going to spend a lot of money on a paint. I'm going to typically go cheaper on my yellows. But for a long time, I used one particular yellow. I'll say it was a fantastic yellow and I had no complaints about its performance. Um, however, I, it was the yellow that I started painting with. And so I just kind of started, I bought it way back years ago when I didn't really know what I was buying and I was just picking some colors to get started and it stuck and I just kind of kept using it as my primary yellow. Um, but however, once I started shopping around and looking more at series and I decided I wanted to buy some Daniel Smith, some golden colors, I then had to take a look at the different colors that I was looking to buy because I noticed there was a huge price difference when I compared different yellow options on the market. Now, the nice thing I will say, and I know many of you who've been longtime listeners, you know that I first started painting with Liquitex Basics paints. I love Liquitex Basics paints. One of the best things about them is that every color is the same price. So when you're dealing with like student grade paint, like a Liquitex Basics, typically you don't have to worry about the series number. And so that's, that's how this whole thing came about for me. When I first picked out my Liquitex Basics colors, I just didn't have to pay attention to how expensive a certain pigment was because in that student grade paint, Every color costs the same. So it just, it wasn't even a variable I had to pay attention to. But when I decided to buy Daniel Smith, when I started dabbling and looking at artist grade paint, that is when my jaw dropped and I said, whoa, why is a golden primary yellow, you know, like single digits in dollars? And why is a cadmium yellow in golden you know, $25. It's a big difference. So that's really when I, the light bulb went off and I went, oh my goodness, series numbers. I need to pay attention to that. Um, so the other thing too, is that there's more than just series numbers to pay attention to. Um, so once I started exploring more affordable alternatives and I tried a bunch, like I found multiple yellows work just as well for my needs, but cost significantly less. So I made the switch. I've never looked back. Now, there are certain colors, and I think that, you know, your opinion, you'll develop it over time. But in my opinion, I think there are some common pigments like phthalo green, pyrrole red, for example. 
I think that those colors usually showcase little variance among professional grade brands in terms of performance, but their prices can vary widely from brand to brand, um, even in artist grade to artist grade. The thing that I've discovered over time is that I find that modern pigments in general are less splurge worthy. I find less variety amongst brands when it comes to these modern pigments. Now, you might be wondering, what are you talking about modern pigments? What is a modern pigment? You know, I talked about this in another episode way back, and it's probably been so long that I've talked about it that I should probably revisit this in another episode soon. But the quick rundown on modern pigments versus mineral pigments. Those are the two different kinds of pigments. Paint companies and chemists divide color pigments that are used for making paints into two distinct categories. Number one, mineral pigments. Number two, modern pigments. Mineral pigments are made from natural sources known as inorganics. And modern pigments are made synthetically known as organics. I know the inorganic, organic, that makes no sense, but that's science, so take that up with the scientists. Let's just think about it in simple terms. A mineral pigment is something that comes from nature, and a modern pigment comes from a laboratory. Mineral pigments include things like cadmium colors, burnt umber, um, anything that is sort of a traditional master palette, something that the old masters used, like that more than likely will be a mineral pigment because that is all they had back in the, you know, 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, you know, even a lot of the 1900s. They just didn't have access to the hundreds of color options that you and I have today. In terms of artists, I mean, we are living in the golden age right now in terms of the options that we have at the art store and all of the different supplies at our fingertips. I mean, we really, we have it good. Because if you go back in history, they had extremely limited palettes. They might have cadmium red and that's it. You know what I mean? They'd have a lot of earth tone things because there's a lot of earth tone um, you know, ways to make paint and pigment. Lots of brown things in the earth you can paint with. Um, so let's see, back on track though. Modern pigments, those um, synthetics, you know, that would include things like thalocene green or thalo green more commonly, um, pyrrole red that I just named as well, um, quinacridone colors, those come to mind as well. Lots more. Often my little tip is you can tell just by the name of the pigment what category it falls under. If it sounds like it's a scientific, sciencey laboratory kind of name, like thalocene or quinacridone, then it's probably a modern pigment. The more complicated it is to pronounce, let's say it's probably modern. If it sounds like it's something from the earth, like you know, sienna, raw sienna, or yellow ochre, or, 
you know, cadmium red, that those are all definitely mineral sounding names. But I bring this up because in addition to just going by series number, I think that knowing which ones are mineral and which ones are um, modern helps you as well know which ones are worth splurging on. Um, because, you know, sometimes there are certain, certain modern paints that they can make pretty cheaply. So I'm not sure that I would pay a ton for, you know, the perfect quinacridone magenta. Um, like I don't, I don't know that quinacridone magenta is that much better than a primary magenta. You know what I mean? Um, but we'll get to, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Cause unfortunately quinacridones are typically more expensive. Um, but because it falls in that modern camp, I don't know that it's splurge worthy. I can do a lot of things with a primary magenta that I can do, you know, just as well. So, you know, that's one of those things you're going to, you're going to figure it over time. So these aren't hard and fast rules. It's just over time, I've tried a lot of different paints. I've experimented a lot and you all know, I love good value art supplies. So it's something I think about a lot and I just want to pass on my learning and my thinking as it evolves over time. I mean, in general, as long as a paint performs well, it meets my artistic requirements. There's just no reason to pay more. So, eh, you know, sometimes that means I'll use a different brand. Um, sometimes it means I'll use a student grade instead of an artist grade. Mm, the difference in price can add up a lot. So, you know, often it's just me thinking about my budget and would I rather have more colors or fewer colors and which colors are worth it? That is the big question. But to help you figure out what paints are most expensive in general, I do want to take a minute to talk about some of the most popular, but also most expensive colors that you're likely to come across a lot when shopping for paint or even when, you know, different influencers or painters or people like me talk about paint. These are popular colors that you're going to hear about. Um, and a lot, these five categories I'm going to talk about, well, they are the among the most expensive, let's say. So number one, I've already said this word a lot today, but cadmium colors, cadmium pigments, such as cadmium red, cadmium orange, cadmium yellow, they are known for their brilliant, vibrant hues. Um, but the thing is cadmium is extremely toxic and it's hard to work with. It's also kind of scarce in nature these days. And so all of those factors mean that cadmium colors are more expensive. Now, I know I said at the beginning that I, you know, yellow doesn't do it for me. So cadmium yellow, yeah, it's nice. Um, but I'm more likely to spend money on cadmium red um, or a cadmium orange. Those, those do it for me more than the cadmium yellow. I'm probably more likely to pick up one of the cheaper series one primary yellow, um, or use a modern pigment yellow than splurge on the cadmium yellow. Um, but you know, oh, cadmium red, oh, 
it's it's hard to find a a substitute for that although i will say you know pyrrole does it does a pretty good job you just have to play around with them you know they're all a little different but i i do like a cadmium red and cadmium red plus some you know primary yellow you can mix a really good orange so there you go all right number two on my list of popular but expensive colors or pigments i should say cobalt cobalt colors Ooh, you know cobalt blue that like electric blue cobalt violet same thing these are intense colors they are luscious and they're also very stable um, but they are costly because cobalt is relatively rare and it's an expensive metal it is very popular and in demand in the global supply chains for all sorts of industrial uses. Um, so that means it's more expensive. Cobalt blue is beautiful. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of beautiful blues out there. Let's put it that way. I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think that's necessarily one to, to splurge on, but it's certainly extremely popular and it is beautiful. And if you use that color in your art, oh, like you want to paint some travel scenes of Greece and, you know, get those blue roofs of Greece. Ooh, cobalt blue. That's the color for you. Um, but otherwise, if you're, if you're learning, if you're, if you're doing a lot of different subject matter, Eh, I don't know. I'd say wait on cobalt blue because it is very expensive. Also, in some lines, I think you can find a cobalt blue hue. Um, let me look this up really quick, actually, because, oh, yes, I think you absolutely can. I'm trying to see if Golden has one. I forget off the top of my head. You know, there's so many colors. Oh, they do. Yes, they absolutely do. Oh, you know, and that actually brings me to an extremely important point is that you don't necessarily have to buy the actual pigment. Cobalt blue, there's this, the secret is buy cobalt blue hue. And a lot of these, also cadmium red, same thing. There's a cadmium red hue. And that is a secret word that you should look for. I was going to wait till number five on my list to talk about hues, but I need to talk about it now. Okay. Hue. That is the magic word. If you want to get the same kind of color, but you don't want to break the bank, go for the cobalt blue hue, the cadmium red hue, the cadmium yellow hue. Look for the, that word, H-U-E, hue. And what happens is, for example, I'm most, you know, I, I paint a lot with golden. So I know from my research, golden artist colors, what they do, they know that these are extremely popular colors, but they're also expensive. Um, I mean, for example, like I just Google cobalt blue and it, you know, one tube of cobalt blue can be, you know, 17 to 20 dollars um but if you get cobalt blue hue nine dollars and 30 cents look at that um so either way they know that they're expensive but they also know they're popular and so what golden does is they create look-alike colors 
And these are recreations that are really close to the paint colors um, that they're named after. But they are made out of different pigments. They are using the marvels of modern science to get something that is close, but not actually using cadmium, not actually using cobalt. And I will say, you know, especially with cadmiums in particular, some people who are chemically sensitive, they really shouldn't be painting with cadmium paints. And I know people who anytime they paint with a cadmium paint, they wear gloves. And so safety-wise, you know, a cadmium hue, that's a great call. So either way, I'm a little bit jumping around today, but look for that word hue. If you love these colors, these expensive colors, get the hue. Try that instead. It's going to get you 95% of the way there. Um, you're really not going to be able to tell a difference. And you know what? It's probably going to cost you about 50% as much. So I'll take that math any day. And I will add, I have personally used many of these hues myself, and they work great. I have a ton in my collection. Um, honestly, I'm surprised it took me in this long into the episode to remember to say the word hue. So there you go. Number three on my list of popular colors you'll hear about a lot, but also very expensive, genuine vermilion. True vermilion made from the mineral cinnabar is rare and expensive. And if you've ever wondered why, well, I have the answer for you. It's due to the labor intensive process of refining it and it has um, quite a lot of historical significance. So that's another one. I think that color is quite popular with watercolorists, although to be honest, I've actually never owned vermilion. So that's one that I am not an expert on, but it hit my list when I was researching. So here it is, number three. Number four, quinacridone colors. Quinacridone pigments come in a range of bright, transparent colors, and they are relatively expensive, which is unexpected. You would think they would be cheaper because they are a modern pigment, but there's actually very complex chemical synthesis that is required to produce them. So, you know, I love quinacridone magenta. I do. It's a beautiful color. Primary magenta is great as well. But, you know, you've also probably heard me say on past episodes that quinacridone magenta is one of my favorite colors. And again, I will say that comes from me painting with it a ton in the Liquitex Basics lines, um, line of paint. I love Liquitex Basics quinacridone magenta. Beautiful, wonderful color to paint with. Yes, it's transparent, but that's how all quinacridone colors are. That is just a characteristic of quinacridones. So you'll learn to, to love it and work with it if that's the color you want to work with. All right, last on my list, number five, historical or rare pigments. Some artist paints use historical or rare pigments like lapis lazuli. That's something that goes into like genuine, like purest ultramarine blue. Um, another example would be Indian yellow. 
these pigments can be extremely expensive um, because of their historical value and just in general today they're quite scarce they're very scarce but lucky for you if you are interested in some of these historical colors if that speaks to you and your style well golden artist colors has created several look-alike colors that they've made to try to match the historical hues as closely as possible and these are what they call historic hues and this collection of historic hues they are really really close to these paint colors that have been in use for hundreds of years and many of which were considered essential to the working palettes of past masters so if you're looking in the louvre if you're looking in you know your local art museum i'm going to say a lot of the paintings the old paintings on the wall they are going to be painted in what i would call historical and now rare pigments but you too can paint with very similar colors just search for historic hues again that's the secret value word hue ding 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 all right so keep in mind that while these pigment colors i just mentioned in my list may be expensive they are often very highly concentrated when you're buying them um, from an artist grade paint brand so a little bit goes a long long way and i've talked about that a lot when it comes to paint value sometimes having that highly concentrated paint actually ends up being a better value than you think it will because you get so much mileage out of a tube and the coverage is much greater than you might find in a student grade paint um, so I'll also say, you know, I talk with a lot of artists and a lot of artists do choose to invest in a few high quality, expensive colors for specific purposes while using more affordable options for their everyday work to manage costs. And so you can still get a lot of these expensive colors, but in a less expensive line like Liquitex Basics that I've mentioned has some great, very reasonably priced colors that use the same pigments as the Liquitex professional high-end line of paint, um, but it's just in smaller quantities in the Liquitex Basics bottles. They just have more filler and uh, it's a different ratio of pigment for the price, but still great value. So here's the takeaway as always, shop smart. These are a few additional tips to help you shop smart. Um, we talked about series numbers. That can be a great back of the envelope way to stop yourself from falling in love with certain colors before you know how much they cost. Um, and also just budget, help your, help your money go the farthest, get the most tubes of paint as you can. Um, even in, you know, artist grade paint, you want to stretch that budget. So look at the series number. Um, and see if you can design a palette that not only fulfills your artistic vision and your artistic style, but also saves you money, leaves a little money left over for some fun colors. All right, so that was one, series numbers, we talked about that. Two, um, think about trying hues. Those look-alike colors that are designed to look very, very similar to the traditional 
expensive colors like cadmium red or cobalt blue. Try cobalt blue hue instead. Report back to me. I think you're going to like it. And let's see what else. Historical hues. Look at that as well. Um, and then also just think about one paint versus another and where that difference is going to be most felt. So for me, I love blue. I use a lot of different blues. And that is an area where I think I'm more likely to spend blue and like I spend on is like blues, greens, things like that, that I use a lot. And I want a certain green for a certain kind of thing I find in nature, but yellow that I mostly mix with, eh, I can use a lot of different yellows and be happy, including the less expensive ones. So that's the other thing is just reevaluate the colors that you use, ask why you use them. Is that really the only paint that can get you that effect and get you that range on your palette? Or are there some less expensive ones you should look at? Um, and lucky you, if you are listening to this episode before you get into artist grade paint and this helps you, like that's even better. If you are where I was a couple years ago and I wanted to try artist grade paint, but I didn't know which ones were worth it. Well, I've given you a lot of lot of stuff to think about on this one and a lot of ways to stretch your budget so you can get the most bang for your buck, if you will. Okay, let's see. I think that is pretty much the uh, the rest and everything I have for you today. I am excited for all of you to take this knowledge and go save some money and buy more paints and just keep going on your artistic journey. I think if anything, I would leave you this week with a bit of encouragement and just know that you're not alone out there. A lot of us self-taught artists are chipping away at the dream day by day. You know, every day you practice is a day you get better and that is helping you to reach those goals. So just keep going. All right. That is it for today's episode of Self-Taught Artist. I really hope that this discussion on how to save money on artist-grade paints by choosing more affordable colors has been helpful for you. Remember, your art journey is as much about creativity as it is about being resourceful. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, no matter when you're listening to this episode. It is late at night and I need to wrap up this episode so I can hit the publish button and have it ready for all of you tomorrow morning. So I'm going to sign off. Don't forget to rate the podcast five stars, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. That helps me out a ton. All right. Thanks so much. Happy creating, my friends. Until next time. <music>